It's the old radio comedy podcast. Welcome to episode 17 and another hump day happy hour edition of the old radio comedy podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Before we get started, I'd like to take a moment to give a big thank you to all you listeners of the podcast. I'm glad you're enjoying our three shows a week, and it's great seeing you tune in. Now today, as always on Wednesdays, we're presenting two episodes back-to-back of a great classic comedy radio show from the Golden Age of Radio. And today, we're featuring two episodes from My Favorite Husband, which ran from 1948 to 1951 and starred Lucille Ball. I'm not going to give the full background on the show today, but if you'd like to hear the full history of My Favorite Husband, go listen to episode three of this podcast, which was when we featured the premiere episode. So without further ado, we present Portrait Painting, originally broadcast on August 6th, 1948, and The Kissing Booth, originally broadcast on August 13th, 1948, the second and third episodes of My Favorite Husband. Sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh. We'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We present My Favorite Husband, a new series based on Isabel Scott Rorick's gay, sophisticated Mr. and Mrs. Cougar, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Ten years ago, the town's most eligible bachelor, George Cougat, married socially prominent Elizabeth Elliot. The lavish wedding kept the society columns all over the country in copy for weeks. The New Yorker said, Bride and groom were dressed to the nth degree of smartness. Best man was a polo pony. (laughs) The Hearst Papers said, The bride and groom were dressed handsomely in attractive comments from guest Douglas MacArthur. And the Reader's Digest said, The bride and groom were dressed. (laughs) Well, after the honeymoon, George sold his polo pony, bought a stylish suburban home, took the first job that came along, fifth vice president of a bank. And now the Cougats are just George and Liz, two people who live together and like it. George says, When I married Liz, she didn't know a thing about keeping house. She couldn't cook, she couldn't sew, she couldn't clean. But later she overcame this lack of domesticity in a most ingenious manner. Liz says, I got a maid. (laughs) And now, let's take a peek at the Cougar. It's early morning, and there's husband George at the breakfast table. But where's wife, Liz? Oh, there she is upstairs in the bedroom with Katie, the maid. Well, this is certainly unusual. Liz is getting into a formal evening gown. Let me check again. 
It's only five minutes after nine. Well, surely there's a reason for wearing an evening gown at this early hour. Oh, just a little more, Katie. Can you get the zipper up now? Yes, ma'am. Oh, the zipper's up. Oh, how does it look, Katie? Would you consider it too slinky? Well, there's hardly enough of it to tell. <laughs> if you'll pardon me, Mrs. Cougat, I've seen more cloth on a rope for cheese. <laughs> It isn't as skimpy as all that. Now, where's my corsage? Oh, here it is, ma'am. I'll just pin it on here. No, uh, maybe here. Uh, well, what's wrong, Mrs. Cougar? There's no place to pin it. <laughs> I'll get you a gown that has a little more to it, Mrs. Cougar. Uh, but then... Then what, Kitty? You are having your portrait painted today, aren't you? Yes. Well, then maybe you'd better wear the gown you have on. Why? Well, as long as you're paying for a portrait, you might as well have as much of you in the picture as possible. No, Katie, we might move to Boston someday, and I wouldn't want my portrait banned. Oh, here's a more sensible gown, ma'am. Uh, have you told Mr. Cougat about the painter coming today? Not yet, Katie. I'll tell him at breakfast. Now hurry and get me out of this tight thing. I feel like a ten-inch weenie and a five-inch roll. <laughs> Good morning, George, darling. Good morning, Liz. You're looking very... George, what's wrong? That evening gown. Well, you've seen me wearing an evening gown before. Oh, I've seen you wearing galoshes, too, but not at breakfast. <laughs> of course not. It never rains under the table. <laughs> darling, the reason I'm wearing this gown is because I'm going to have my portrait painted. The artist is coming this morning. Having your portrait painted? Mm-hmm. What in the world for? Well, Alice Sturm had herself sketched. So... Alice Sturm, I might have known. The old story of keeping up with the Joneses. It's nothing like that, George. This is entirely different. This is keeping up with the Sturmses. <laughs> Darling, when Alice Sturm gave a party for an opera star, we had to give one for the Hall Johnson Choir. When Alice goes to Catalina, we have to go to Hawaii. Now, believe me, the day Alice Sturm has quintuplets, I want to be in Mexico. <laughs> What about me? And just where is this masterpiece going to be painted? Right here, and by a very good artist, too. His name is Damon Welch. He'll be here in a little while. I get a kick out of those artist characters. I can hardly wait to see him. Yeah, he'll probably be wearing a pink beret and have a rose clinched between his teeth. Long artistic fingers hanging down and sticking in the tops of his shoes. No. <laughs> I heard Damon Welch is different from other artists, George. They say he's very big and strong and muscular, like, uh, who's that rugged, tall actor in the movies? You know, the one with the big arms and broad shoulders? Marjorie Maine. <laughs> no, uh, Victor Mature. Oh, well, don't be silly, Liz. Artists are all the same. They wear berets, live in attics, and smell of spiders. Hello, George. Liz. Oh, it's Corey. Come on up, Corey. Carbride, dear. Bachelor Deluxe, Damsel Delight. The kind of man you'd like to marry your sister. If you hated your sister. <laughs> How are you this morning, party boy? No party last night, George, but did I meet a beautiful creature. She had a smile like Lana Turner, a voice like Dinah Shore, and she kissed like Paulette Goddard. What do you do, date her or buy tickets to her? <laughs> Don't speak lightly of this woman, Liz, for I think that at last, Corey Cartwright is in love. You, Corey? Yes, George. I feel that this is the real thing. 
I think I shall marry this girl. Corey, that's wonderful. What's her name? Where does she live? Darn, I knew I forgot something. <laughs> hey, Liz, I just noticed you're wearing an evening gown. Yes, do you like it? It's nice, but isn't this softly late to be getting home? Oh. <laughs> Liz is having her portrait painted, Corey. Some artist named Damon Welch is coming over this morning. Damon Welch? You've heard of him, Corey? Heard of him? That's all Alice Sturm talks about since he sketched her. I hear he has big blue eyes, curly hair, muscles galore, a tan complexion, and stands about 12 feet tall. <laughs> really now, Corey, 12 feet tall. Maybe it is a slight exaggeration, but I understand that before he painted portraits, he used to paint rooftops. <laughs> without a ladder. <laughs> well, anybody could do that if they had a long brush. Uh, or a short house. <laughs> Well, what do I care what he's like? Excuse me, I have to make a phone call. Who are you calling this early, darling? The time operator. My watch has been acting up again. Well, maybe Corey has the right time. No, I left my watch home on my other wrist. At the tone, the time will be 9.42 and one quarter. Hmm, 9.42. Have to be getting down to the bank. Right with you, George. I have a luncheon date with a girl who was a gorgeous blonde yesterday, and I'm anxious to find out what she is today. Kiss me goodbye, George. Your kisses give me strength for the day. When Corey Cartwright kisses them, they stay charged up for a month. <laughs> Bye, darling. Bye-bye, Liz. Bye. Are you really going to the bank today, George, or are you just faking? Huh? What are you talking about? With that Damon Welch coming to your house today, I figured maybe you're going to sneak out and hide in the garage. Oh, I'd forgotten all about it. Doesn't worry me in the least. It would if you heard what Howie Stern calls that artist. Why? What is he calling? A weasel with an easel. <laughs> Come on, get in the car, Corey. Hey, don't start the motor yet, George. The artist just pulled up in your driveway. Maybe we can get a look at it. Good. <laughs> I'm still betting he has a rose between his teeth. He's getting out of his car. Holy mackerel, George. He looks like the Empire State Building with a turtleneck sweater. <laughs> oh, he's not so much. I bet he pads that sweater with cotton. If he does, he must have the whole plantation in Uncle Tom's cabin under there. <laughs> Look at those shoulders, George, and that chest. Corey, it doesn't take much to have broad shoulders and a big chest. All you need are muscles. Let's go. Did you see that thick neck, George? Those pretty blue eyes? Well, so what? My neck isn't as thick, maybe, but I have a nice neck. And look at my Adam's apple, Corey. <laughs> oh, that guy didn't have anywhere near the Adam's apple I have. Oh, if there's anything that'll keep a home together, it's a big Adam's apple. <laughs> and as far as his blue eyes are concerned, my eyes are blue, too. Look at my eyes, Corey. See the pretty blue? Kind of hard to see the blue right now, George. Your face is so green. All right, woman. Face to the left. I cannot paint your portrait unless you cooperate. Mr. Welch, I told you a dozen times my name is Elizabeth Cougar, not woman. Very well, Mrs. Cougar. Now be quiet, woman. Well, one consolation, at least you know what I am. Your dress gives you away. 
I don't like your nose. I shall not paint it that way. But I like my nose. It's a good nose. Don't change it. I've had it so long now, it seems like almost a part of me. Be still, woman. You're very rough, Mr. Welch. Woman, you're looking at a man who's painted the forest of Oregon and at the same time worked as a lumberjack. Sawing, climbing, cutting, and chopping. One day, the man next to me was crushed by a falling redwood. I've seen many rough things. This is a man's world. That's why I'm rough. Did, did it kill him, the, the man the tree fell on? To coin a quaint old phrase, he was a real gone lumberjack. <laughs> you know, Mr. Welch, you and my husband have a lot in common. He lives a rugged life, too. What does your husband do? He's a banker. Oh. Oh, that is rugged. It's plenty rugged. He goes to work every morning at 10 and doesn't get home until after 3. Just what's rugged about that? He has an uncomfortable office. Liz? Liz, are you here? Oh, you're home early, darling. Hi, honey. Uh, how's the portrait coming? All finished, huh? <laughs> oh, no. Damon will be back tomorrow. Damon? You call him Damon? Yes, now. He was terribly cold at first, but he warmed up. How warm did he get? Oh, George, I've just got to tell you all about him. You wouldn't believe that just an artist could have lived so much. Too bad he lived so long. <laughs> What'd you say, dear? Uh, I, I, I said uh, too bad he had to run along. You know, men certainly are misleading. Take Damon, for instance. There he is, an artist, but he's worked in the Oregon forest. And believe it or not, he's chopped down giant redwood trees. Well, I cut down the tree in the yard, the one that made the lawn so unsightly. That wasn't a tree, dear. That was a laundry pole. <laughs> well, it was a tree once. Did you notice Damon when you were leaving this morning? He came in right after you'd left with Corey. Mm, yes, I think I did. He was struggling to get his car door open. Didn't seem to have much strength. A tall, unhealthy-looking chap, as I recall. A padded sweater. Damon? Oh, George, I don't think so. He's huge with big muscles and a terrific tan. Yes, Liz, but I I'm sure that under that tan there's a naturally pale face. <laughs> George, what are you looking for? Oh, nothing. Oh, say, look at this. My old photograph album. Look here. This picture of me at the beach. <laughs> you noticed the muscle? Oh, yes. That was the day you and Jimmy Paterno and Howie Sturm and the whole gang made the human pyramid. Yeah. Takes a lot of strength to support all those men. Yes, it does. Look at my muscle. Oh, there you are, right on top. <laughs> all it uh, takes a lot of strength to stay on top. There was quite a breeze that day. Here's, <laughs> Here's the picture I like. You and me in a rowboat at Simmons Park. Look, your sleeves are rolled up. Say, your arms were pretty big. Of course. <laughs> of course. I can't remember why I was rowing. <laughs> well, I was saving my strength for the potato race. Are you sure you love me, Liz? Oh, silly. Of course I love you. Why shouldn't I love you? Kiss me. Feel those strong arms around you? Mm-hmm. I'm plenty strong, Liz. Way back in kindergarten, I used to beat up all the little kids. I'll, I'll just bet you still could. <laughs> Kiss me again, sweetheart. Liz, are you positive you love me? 
I'm the only one, nobody else. Oh, don't talk such nonsense. Just hug me tighter. Make believe I'm a tube of toothpaste and pop my cap off. <laughs> oh, that's swell. I feel great now. Oh, George, you know, I was thinking today, you don't have any hobbies. I believe I know of an interesting one for you. No hobbies? I have my bird collection. Six darlings and a dicky bird. What did you have in mind? Why don't you take up painting as a hobby? Painting? Oh, Liz, I'm going to bed. Going to bed? Don't you want your dinner? I won't need any dinner. I'll just go upstairs, pull the covers over my head, and eat my heart out. <laughs> You are listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. This is the story of my favorite husband, George Cougat, and his favorite wife, Liz, who, like most married couples, alternate in making each other first happy and then miserable. Well, at the moment, Liz is in the middle of having her portrait painted by the handsome and virile artist, Damon Welch. This makes Liz quite happy and George quite miserable. Now George thinks this is quite wrong, and chances are he's quite right. And so he's decided it's quite time he did something about it. It's the next morning. Quite. George, darling, you aren't eating your breakfast. Oh, I'm not very hungry, Liz. Didn't sleep last night. I'm going to stay home today. Stay home? George, are you ill? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I'm sick. Awfully sick. What's wrong? Oh, I, I, I don't know, Liz. Maybe it's, it's painter's colic. Painter's colic? Well, that is, the inside of my mouth feels like a brush. <laughs> I'd better call Dr. Buell. What do I want with a doctor? Well, you just said you were sick. Oh, yeah. uh, call a doctor. Oh, shame and Katie! I saw him coming, Mrs. Cougar. Good morning, Mr. Wells. <laughs> Good morning, woman. Step aside and let genius enter. I wish he'd slammed the door on his genius. Good morning, woman. Good morning, Damon. This is my husband, George. You may just call me man. <laughs> George isn't feeling well, Damon. I'm going to call the doctor. What's wrong with him? He looks well enough. Trouble with you, Cougar, is that soft, decadent living has finally caught up with you. You should get out of doors, do some exercises. Run the mile, do some chin-ups, push-ups, chop some wood, mow the lawn, pull some weights. Soak that barge, lift that bale. Oh. Liz, call the doctor now. I'm worn out. All right, George. Let me have a look down your throat. Certainly, Dr. Bill. Ah. Uh, hmm. Dark down there. <laughs> uh, uh, don't swallow, George. This is my best flashlight. <laughs> There's nothing wrong there. Exactly what seems to be the trouble, George? Well, Doctor, it's... I feel kind of things. First it, it starts, then it stops, then it goes again, then it backs up... Then it twists completely around. Uh, what does it sound like to you? A woman driver. 
<laughs> Come on now, George. Tell me what's wrong. Well, Doctor, you see, Liz is having her portrait painted by some artist who, who has muscles so big they, they get up and walk around. And I just... Oh, I believe I can diagnose your case now, George. Acute jealousy-itis. Is, is that anything like borderline anemia? <laughs> jealousy-itis is serious only if it isn't checked early. Fortunately, I believe I have with me the very thing you need to snap you out of it. <clears throat> Miss McCarthy, I just happen to have my nurse with me. Nurse? I don't need a nurse. Yes, Doctor? Marianne, this is Mr. Cougat, our newest patient. I tell you, I don't need it. Oh, how do you do? Uh, forgive me for not standing up in bed, but I only have on the pajama tops. <laughs> to require a nurse, Doctor? Well, he said he wasn't. Uh, what about it, John? Oh, I ain't long for this world. <laughs> Sit still, woman. I cannot paint your portrait unless you relax. I don't make moving pictures, you know. Well, when are you going to paint in my hair? You still have me bald-headed. I don't like myself bald-headed. I look like my mother was frightened by Guy Kibbe. I'm painting your hair when I see fit, woman, and not a second sooner. Until that time, you'll remain an egghead and like it. Damon, do you ever smile? I laugh sometimes. My sense of humor is a bit unusual, however, not on the beaten path. Well, what's funny to you? Well... I laughed heartily when my friend Chadwick fell from the roof of the school in Paris. Did Chadwick see the humorous? Oh, he screamed. <laughs> yes, I'll never forget it. Fractured half the bones in his body. Yes, he must have been all broken up. <laughs> McCarthy, did you hear that? My wife and the painter were laughing down there in the study. What could they have been laughing at? You have a steamboat in the house, Mr. Cougar. Steamboat? Well, of course not. Well, then they couldn't be laughing at Fulton. Oh, I'm serious, Miss McCarthy. I don't like them to be laughing. I'm going downstairs. Hello? Hello, darling. What are you doing out of bed? I, uh... Well, I heard some laughing. Uh, what was all the laughing about? Oh, Damon was telling jokes. Oh, how nice. Mind if I stay a while? I know one person who objects. I cannot paint with an audience. What a horrible painting. George. No, no, let him criticize. All genius must be criticized. But I still do not want him around. Out! Take your limpid bathrobe with you. <laughs> well, as long as you're busy, I'll go back upstairs. Goodbye, darling. Well, goodbye. Yes, goodbye. Nice trip. Be sure and write us. Oh, Damon, you know something? I think my husband came downstairs because he's jealous. Jealous? Jealousy is stupidity. Oh. Yes, I guess he could be jealous. Well, I'm glad he's jealous. Oh, it makes me feel that I'm wanted. You are. I want you to sit still. Are you, uh... You never get jealous of Mr. Cougat, do you? I mean, the fact that he's upstairs right now with that attractive nurse. That doesn't faze you in the least. 
Of course not. Good old faithful George. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what? Damon, that was George and that nurse. Oh, so? You aren't worried about good old faithful George, are you? Certainly not. I'll be right back. Where are you going? I got to see a man about a nurse. <laughs> Hello. May I come in? Yes, Mrs. Fugat, but you mustn't stay long. I have a naughty boy on my hands, and I don't want him to get excited. (laughs) That's why I came up. How are you, George? Oh, it's awful. I just had a relapse. I accidentally plugged my electric heating pad into the radio, and H.B. Keltenborn got in bed with me. (laughs) He's delirious. Yes. You better go, Mrs. Fugat. Yes, I'll, uh, goodbye, George. Miss McCarthy, uh, wouldn't you like to come downstairs and boil a few thermometers or something? <laughs> I'll be right here with Mr. Fugat. Well, bye, George. He's gone now, Mr. Fugat. Why were you playing sick? Because I wanted sympathy. Lots of sympathy. <laughs> you know something, McCarthy? I think Liz came up only because she was jealous. She must have heard us laughing. Do you know what that means? My capacity of a registered nurse, I'd say she has clean ears. <laughs> it means she loves me and worries about me. She's jealous. <laughs> then you need have no further worry over the painter. None whatever. He'll be laughing again soon, but I won't worry about it. I wonder why they aren't laughing. <laughs> McCarthy, they're not laughing. Doesn't that seize you, Mr. Fugat? No, they should be laughing. Where do you think you're going? I'm going down there and find out why they're so darn quiet. Where is he? I'll break him in half. He's gone, George. Gone? He's not here anymore? I had to get rid of him, darling. Why did you have to get rid of him? Because I knew that if he left, you'd stop playing sick, and then Miss McCarthy could get the heck out of here. Oh. Were you a little uh, jealous of Miss McCarthy? Of course not, but I know you were jealous of Damon. That's ridiculous. George. Yes, Liz. Who do we think we're kidding? So he uh, left, huh, George? Yes, Corey. He left. And George was really very nice to him. How lucky you were, George. Suppose, instead of going quietly, the man with the big muscles had gotten tough with you. Oh, Corey, you're just trying to stir me up. No, seriously. What would you have done if the painter had wanted to fight? Oh, I, I'm sorry, George. I shouldn't embarrass you this way in front of Liz. If Damon had wanted to fight, George would have fought, wouldn't you, darling? Wouldn't you, George? Why, certainly. If I had his phone number, I'd call him up right now and tell him a thing or two. Oh, I have his phone number, dear. Here. Oh, well, thanks. When Damon answers the phone, I'll catch you, George. Hello, Damon. This is George Cougar. I've changed my mind about being nice to you. If you want to fight, just come over here whenever you feel like getting knocked for a loop. You got anything to say to that? At the tone. The time will be 9.27 and one quarter. Well. George Cougar, K. 
kiss me. Kiss me this very instant. Why right now? Because you've got your dander up, and you're just dandy with your dander up. In just a moment, Lucille Ball and Richard Denning will be back with us. Here's a friendly suggestion that may mean a lot to your own happiness. Why don't you call your family together one evening soon and say... Is there anything else any of us can do in cooperation with others for the good of our community? You may find that somebody will come forward with the news of a community project that you haven't heard of. Maybe it has to do with scouts or 4-H clubs or Red Cross. Well, there'll be an opportunity for service, something you'll like to grab hold of. For you know that what you're doing is more than helping make your life and your families and your neighbors better. By positive action toward improving the place where you live, you help preserve something we prize highly. That's freedom. You show that you agree with the statement that freedom is everybody's job. George, are you asleep? No, darling. I'm not asleep. Do you love me, baby? Yes, I love you. How much? Lots. Well, in terms of pounds, how much do you love me? <laughs> Three pounds, six pounds, seven pounds? Twelve tons. Oh, I love you a hundred tons. Now, you have a bigger truck. <laughs> George, no matter what happens, will you still love me, even when I'm old? I'll still love you when you're old. Will you take me out? Yes, dear. I'll wheel you around the block every day. <laughs> George, something strange happened to Katie tonight. Really? What was that? Well, tonight around 9.27, Katie picked up the phone extension in the kitchen and heard a man shouting at the time operator. Good night, George. My favorite husband has been presented through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.
presents My Favorite Husband, a new series based on Isabel Scott Rorick's gay, sophisticated Mr. and Mrs. Cougat, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Ten years ago, polo-playing George Cougat married debutante Elizabeth Elliott. It was a beautiful wedding, and of course, every wedding has its pranksters. Friends of the bride and groom who do cute little things to launch the marriage with a laugh. Hey, Corey, I tied the just married sign and the tin cans on back of the car. Oh, fine, Norman. I drained the gas tank to kind of slow him up a little. What did you do, Ed? I've taken off the wheels. <laughs> Good. Now help me lift the hood, you guys. What are you going to do, Corey? They won't need it. Let's take out the motor. <laughs> well, it was all in the spirit of fun, and no one really got mad. George didn't. Oh, I got a big kick out of it. I laughed and slapped Corey on the back with a jack handle. <laughs> and Liz thought it was a lot of fun. Oh, it was jolly. We had a lovely honeymoon right in front of the house. <laughs> well, that was ten years ago. Now the Cougats are just George and Liz, still happy, two people who live together and like it. There's the suburban home of the Cougats, that big brick one with the two chimneys silhouetted against the afternoon sky. Wonder what's going on inside. Don't see George around anywhere. Oh, he's probably still at the bank. But Liz is home. There she is in the kitchen with Katie, the maid. What's this? Liz Cougat wearing an apron and cooking. Careful taking it out of the oven, Katie. Oh, I'm being careful, Mrs. Cougat. Oh, I'm so proud, Katie. It's a beautiful cake, and I made it all by myself. Oh, it is beautiful, Mrs. Cougat. But look at the lump in the middle. Yes. Katie, you don't suppose... Well, what, Mrs. Cougat? I haven't seen the cat for the past hour. <laughs> it couldn't be the cat, ma'am. It doesn't have a tail. <laughs> Maybe the shortening wasn't short enough. Well, the lump seems to be going down. I think it's settling. I think we had a blowout. Oh, it just dropped a little. Nothing a new cake won't fix. Oh, Katie, now what am I going to contribute to the charity bazaar tonight? Look at that cake. Well, maybe you can make it into something useful, ma'am, like a lampshade. <laughs> oh, dear, not only my cake is a failure, but my fudge, too. Have you ever seen such fudge, Katie? Oh, too bad we didn't know how it was going to turn out. We could have patched that crack in the driveway. <laughs> When I go to the bazaar tonight, I'm determined to take something I made all by myself. Now, what can I make that's sure to turn out all right? I know. What, Mrs. Cougar? I'll buy something at the store. <laughs> you always go to so much trouble for these charity bazaars, Mrs. Cougar. And what do they do with the money they take in? Well, the money from this particular bazaar is going to the old folks' home. Oh, the old folks' home. Well, mm -hmm. that's nice. Uh, what are you going to buy them? Well, we've been talking about a dance floor. <laughs> but that didn't seem practical We'll probably just give them the money Oh, that's a much better plan Yes, and they can go out and dance <laughs> Hello, George Liz, what are you doing down here at the bank? Oh, George, something terrible has happened Oh, now take it easy, darling Here, sit down now, what's the trouble? My cake dropped. Oh. 
Did anyone kill? George Cougat, this is no laughing matter. I've had nothing but bad luck today. I baked a cake for the bazaar and it fell. I made fudge and it turned to concrete. I went shopping. I bought a couple of nice cakes and a lot of candy. And now I'm right back where I started. Why? What happened? I left everything on the bus. <laughs> Darling, you're such a scatterbrain. Sometimes I think you'd forget your head if it weren't fastened on. Well, that would be one way to lose weight. I couldn't eat between meals. And your hats would sit a lot lower, too. Oh, George, what am I going to do? I want to contribute something to the bazaar. Honey, why don't you go home and have Katie bake a cake and make some candy and everything will be fine. Well, there's one thing about my cooking. It's always good when Katie does it. Oh, George, why am I such a misfit in the kitchen? Why can't I cook? Oh, Liz, don't talk like that. I think you cook very well. You make delicious peanut butter sandwiches. Thank you. And I'm, I'm pretty good at slicing watermelon, too. Well, you'd better run along, darling. I've got to finish checking this money. All right, dear. Uh-oh. I think you've got a counterfeit bill in there, George. A counterfeit bill? Which one? The one right there with Monopoly written across it. Go home. cake shall I bake, Mrs. Cougar? Two cakes, Katie, and a couple of pounds of candy. All right, ma'am, but we could have saved a lot of time if I'd done it in the first place. I know. I just wanted to try my hand. Well, it seems to me, Mrs. Cougar, that every time you try your hand, you put your foot in it. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Liz? Yes, this is she. This is Mrs. Medwick, dear. Oh. Chairwoman of the bazaar. <laughs> oh, yes, Mrs. Medwick. But I'm just calling to ask a great favor of you. I need a girl to run a booth for me tonight. Run a booth? Oh, Mrs. Medwick, I'd be more than happy to run a booth for you. I haven't had much success with my baking or candy making today, and if you'd put me in charge of a booth, I'd feel I was doing my part. Splendid, dear. We'll have plenty of cakes and oodles of candy anyway. And this particular booth requires a special product. Which booth will I be in? The kissing booth. Oh. You'll sell them for 50 cents each. Oh, well, I... I don't know, Mrs. Medwick. I'm terrific in the house, but I haven't had much experience outside. <laughs> now, Liz, you said you wanted to help, and we do need you. It won't be a bit difficult. Oh, we'll be more than pleased if you take in, say, uh, $200. $200? That, that's 400 kisses. Now, Liz, think of the old folks. 400 kisses and I'll be one of the old folks. <laughs> Anything for charity, Liz. Oh, and now maybe you can recommend a good man for the booth. A man for the booth? Yes. We decided to have a man in the kissing booth, too. <laughs> for us girls, you know. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, um, Corey Cartwright, he's the one for that job. He's a bachelor, and I read in the paper he's very good at kissing. In the paper about Corey? Mm -hmm. Really? A scandal of some kind, dear? No, he took a half-page ad. <laughs> you can probably reach him through my husband. George will know where he is. Thank you, Liz, dear. I'll call George right away. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mrs. Kiswick, uh, Medwick. <laughs> Katie, you won't have to bother with the cakes or candy. Mrs. Medwick has assigned me to the kissing booth tonight. Oh, well, you look worried, ma'am. I am. I don't know how Mr. Cougar's going to take the news. 
there's nothing wrong with working in the booth, Mrs. Cougar. I did it once at our high school carnival. Was it a kissing booth? Uh, not exactly, ma'am. They threw baseballs at me. <laughs> well, the kissing booth is different. They throw lips at you. I'm afraid Mr. Cougat will fly into a jealous rage when he hears about it. Mr. Cougat in a rage? Oh, that doesn't sound like the mister at all. He's kind and gentle. I remember the mouse traps he bought? The kind that don't kill the mice, just make a noise like a cat to scare them. <laughs> You don't know Mr. Cougat like I do, Katie. Before we were married, our friend Jimmy Paterno just tried to hold my hand one day, and George just lost his temper completely, stamped his foot on the ground, put his hands in his pockets, and said, All right for you. <laughs> I've heard stronger words than that on Guy Lombardo records. <laughs> Come on, George. What's up? You've had a smug sneer on your face ever since I picked you up at the bank. Well, Corey, I've been waiting to tell you about the charity bazaar tonight. Mrs. Medwick called me this afternoon, and I'm going to be in the kissing booth. You're going to be in the kissing booth? Yes. She said she had you in mind, but I didn't know where you were when she called, so to ensure having someone, she gave the job to me. What do you mean you didn't know where I was? I told you if anybody wanted me, I'd be down at the YWCA sitting on the steps. <laughs> Oh, that's right, you did. That uh, must have slipped my mind. Slipped your mind, my eye. You deliberately did me out of my job. Your job? Yes. With you, it's just a novelty, George. With me, it's my life's work. <laughs> Corey, you may be pretty good at kissing, but face the facts. Sometimes the carpenter can do the electrician's work. Don't be ridiculous, George. You don't have anywhere near the voltage in your buzzer that I have. <laughs> Mr. Carvac, dear friend. True, I am now a dignified, respectable banker. But allow your memory to take you back to our wild school days. I was the boy they nicknamed Devil Breath. <laughs> George, that title had nothing to do with your ability. You got it the night you kissed Myra Ponce and me down at the beach. She was smoking a cigarette, and you'd been siphoning gas. <laughs> yeah, I can still hear Myra saying, do it again, as we rode away in the ambulance. <laughs> just aren't built for this kind of work, George. Your lips are too thin. Well, your lips are too fat. Those are my shock absorbers for kissing on bumpy roads. Corey, <laughs> you're just burned up because I got the job. All right, George. Just forget about it. It's all right with me if you want to break up your home. Or have you told Liz? No, I haven't told Liz yet, but I will as soon as I get home. And Liz won't mind. It's for charity. Okay, George. I hear it's nice this time of year in Reno. Oh, you always try to stir me up, but I'm not the least bit worried about Liz. Why, Liz and I don't know the meaning of jealousy. Okay, George. Be gay, be happy. There's so little time left. <laughs> oh, Corey, you can't worry me. I know Liz won't get sore. Why should she? It's for charity. Oh, Corey, you can't worry me. Uh, light my cigar for me, will you? I can't take my eyes off the road. Sure, I'll light your cigar, George. You sure you aren't just a little worried? Oh, not the least bit. Then take that fountain pen out of your mouth. <laughs> oh, waiting for me, honey? 
Yes, George, there's something I want to talk to you about. Sit down. All right, dear. What's on your mind? The Charity Bazaar tonight. Oh, yes, the Charity Bazaar. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't want to go, Liz, it's perfectly all right. I could just go over with Corey. Oh, no, I I'm going, George, but I thought perhaps you'd like to stay home because those bazaars bore you so much. Well, I, I won't be bored tonight. Oh? Well, in fact, I'm going to have a booth. Oh, well, that's fine. So am I. Oh, you are? Uh, which booth will you be in? Oh, just one of the booths, you know, one of the wooden ones with a little awning. Oh, those, those are nice booths. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which booth will you be in? Oh, one of the wooden ones with a little awning. <laughs> those are the booths, aren't they? <laughs> yes, yeah. they are. What will you be selling? Uh, things. <laughs> what kind of things? Oh, uh, things. With the uh, uh, tin foil and ribbons. Uh, you know, things. Uh, what are you selling? Uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah. what, what kind of stuff? Uh, things. Oh, they're nice. Yes. Charity bazaars are fun, aren't they? Everyone doing something for charity. Selling taffy and hot dogs and... Operating dark games and the kissing booth and... Yes, I, I think it's wonderful the way people give up their time to sell popcorn and bake cakes and knit socks and work in the kissing booth. I wonder who's going to be in the kissing booth tonight. What noble, generous woman for the sake of her community has... <laughs> has donated her time and lipstick to help this worthy cause. <laughs> I understand a man's going to be in the kissing, kissing booth, too. Oh? Some uh, staunch citizen, a charitable soul who will suffer through it to help others. George, I'm going to be in the kissing booth. You are? Now control yourself, George. Liz, I'm going to be in the kissing booth, too. I, I was afraid of you being angry. Darling, this is wonderful. We'll be together. Oh, <laughs> you were afraid to tell me for fear I'd be jealous, and I was afraid to tell you for the same reason. But there's no need for it. No, none at all, because neither of us is jealous. <laughs> <laughs> we won't care who kisses who, will we? It's all for charity. All for charity. I don't care how many old ladies you kiss. Uh. <laughs> what about the young ladies? Oh, there probably won't be any young ones, just old ones. Oh. Well, I imagine there'll be quite a few old men there, too. You can kiss all the old men you like. <laughs> all for charity. We aren't jealous, are we, George? Of course not. All for charity. <laughs> George. Yes, Liz? Kiss me. Now? Right now. Charity begins at home. <laughs> You are listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. This is the story of Mr. and Mrs. Cougar, of George and Liz, who tonight find themselves partners in a kissing booth at the Charity Bazaar. George will delight the ladies, and Liz will delight the men. Both have assured each other that there will be no jealousy. There they are, standing in the kissing booth, waiting for customers. Uh-oh, here comes one. Uh-oh, no, that's their friend, Corey Cartwright. George, I... 
Liz, what are you doing in there? I'm in the business, too, Corey. Oh. Well, haven't they overlooked something, George? Overlooked what, Corey? Well, I see the sign, kisses 50 cents. Naturally, that means Liz. Where's the nickel sign for you? <laughs> my kisses are the same price. Would you like to be my first customer, Corey? Oh, Liz, I couldn't kiss you. It wouldn't be fair to George. Well, you can buy one from him, too, if you like. <laughs> well, it isn't that, Liz. You like George now, but if I kissed you, well, grape juice is all right until you've tasted champagne. <laughs> then I can't sell you a kiss? No, Liz, let's not make old George unhappy now. Dad's getting along. Corey, I am not getting old. You can count my gray hairs on one hand. Oh, really, dear? Let me see. Which hand are they on? George, what are you staring at? Oh, oh, a customer for Liz. You aren't getting burned up, are you, George? No, don't be silly, Corey. I'll just step to one side. Hello. Hello. I was talking to the girl, if you don't mind. <laughs> uh, the sign says for 50 cents I can kiss you. Is that right? That's right. Any limit on the number of kisses I can buy? Not that I know of. Well... Now, are we going to have fun, or are we going to have fun? Well, I hope no one's waiting up for you. <laughs> Shall we proceed? Well, it's getting late. Guess we'd better close up. Close up? Hey, wait a minute. I got $8 I want to spend. Well, go spend your $8 on Coca-Cola. Well, I would, only my swimming pool's full of water right now. What's the matter, George? Jealous? Certainly not, Corey. Don't feel slighted, Georgie. I'll give you something to keep your little hands busy. Here, you can hold my hot dog. George Cougar, you should be ashamed of yourself. After all, it's for charity. Mm -hmm. Look what's coming over here. Well, kiss is 50 cents. Oh, do I get to kiss you, you great big beautiful man? No, you have to kiss the fellow in the booth. Corey, she was talking to me. I'm running a special today, miss. The first one's free, and the next two are for nothing. This is my customer, Corey. How many would you like, miss? They're just chock full of goodness. I'll take a lot of them. I'm such a charitable person. We're just closing. Liz. Liz, you should be ashamed of yourself. After all, it's for charity. Well, I'm glad you feel that way, fella. Shall we get started on my $8, lady? We're just closing. I don't understand this. I came over here to do something for charity. Join the Salvation Army. Uh, say, miss, as one would-be customer to the other, may I make a suggestion? What? I'll give you 50 cents and you kiss me, then you give me 50 cents and I kiss you. We ain't gonna get nowhere here. <laughs> It's been two hours, and I see the kissing booth is still going strong. How much have you taken in, Liz? Not a dime. Every time a man comes up, George interferes. He got violent with the last one. Violent? Liz, what do you mean, violent? I accidentally knocked his ice cream cone out of his hand. Right into his face. How much money have you taken in, George? Nothing. Every time a woman comes up, Liz asks me if my, my upper plate's staying in all right. <laughs> oh, are you still having trouble with that? Corey, you know I don't wear one. Oh, of course. It's the lower, of course. <laughs> I'm only kidding, but I do bear tidings from Mrs. Medwick. You being a banker, she wants you to come over and help her tally some receipts. 
But I can't leave Liz. I mean the booth. The, the booth needs me. Come along, George. The booth could lose just as much money without you. Well, all right. I'll be right back, Liz. All right, George. Hello there. <laughs> oh, uh, hello. I frightened you. Oh, I'm sorry. It really isn't my fault. This is the only face I've got. Well, there, there's nothing wrong with your face. No, I have nice features. They're just thrown together hideously. I don't believe I've ever met you before. Oh, my name's Leonard Estabrook. Oh, are you any relation to Helen Estabrook? Well, I'm her husband. <laughs> Why are you whispering? We were married secretly, and she doesn't want anyone to know yet. How long have you been married? Twenty-seven years. <laughs> I've been circling you all evening, trying to get up courage to come over and talk to you. I circle everybody. And you know what? What? I get awfully dizzy. <laughs> well, then, why do you circle people? I like to get dizzy. I don't drink. Getting dizzy is my only vice. Do you have any vices? I eat crackers in bed. That's a strange way to get dizzy. Are you really selling kisses for 50 cents? Well, that's the general idea. If, if I gave you 50 cents, would you kiss me? Well, uh, yes. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Mr. Estabrook. All I have with me is a penny. <laughs> could you could you give me a penny, George? The rules, Mr. Estabrook. Fifty cents. Besides, my husband's very jealous. He hasn't allowed me to kiss anybody all evening. Oh, you're married. Yes. I don't blame your husband for being jealous. You're very beautiful. I wish I were as beautiful as you. <laughs> but then I guess it wouldn't it wouldn't help. It wouldn't? No. I don't have the figure to go with it. <laughs> my, my legs are skinny, but you can't tell it to look at me because I disguise them. Well, how do you disguise them? I wear trousers. <laughs> well, if you won't give me a kiss for a penny, I guess I'll just have to scrape up the difference. I wish I could look on the ground and find a 49-cent piece. <laughs> How was uh, business while I was gone? Take a look in the cash drawer. The cash drawer? Mm -hmm. One, two, three, five. Liz, five dollars. Mm -hmm. I'd have made more. Only two of them were twins, and they sneaked one in on me. Uh, they all kissed you on the cheek, of course. I don't know. I had my eyes closed. George, old boy, Corey Cartwright comes with joyous news. What could be good news? Well, after you left, I had a little talk with Mrs. Medwick, and it's all fixed up. Oh, you, you mean Liz and I can leave? Nearly correct, old boy. You can leave. You've been transferred to the saltwater taffy booth. Yeah, but what about Liz? Oh, I'll be all right, George. You go ahead and sell the saltwater taffy. You look kind of pale. The sea air will be good for you. <laughs> Mrs. Medwick. Oh, Mrs. Medwick. George, why aren't you in the taffy booth? Well, I'm afraid it's too much work for me to handle alone. I, 
I'm going to need some help. I'm just swamped. Swamped? I I don't see a soul in front of the booth. Uh, well, business is so good, I, I had to turn them away. Oh, they're really buying that taffy. Eating it up like candy. I don't know who I can get to help you, George. How about Liz? Uh, yes, Liz. Why didn't I think of her before? Oh, she's marvelous at selling candy. Very experienced at it, too. She is? Oh, of course. Have you ever heard of Martha Washington chocolates? Oh, yes. Well, Liz eats them all the time. <laughs> taffy. Get your saltwater taffy. Nice, sticky, gooey, lumpy saltwater taffy. Hello, George. Well, Liz, what are you doing here? Mrs. Medwick told me to come over. Said you were rushed and needed help. Oh, indeed I do. Well, where are all the customers? Oh, they're around. Oh, here comes one now. Hello. Oh, hello, Mr. Estabrook. I have 26 cents now. I found a quarter. You did? Where? In an old pair of pants on an old man. <laughs> well, now you're only short 24 cents. Yes, and I'm going to get it. Don't leave till I get back. Where are you going? Chicago. I know a man there who has 24 cents. You wait for me. So that's Helen Estabrook's husband. They say he isn't quite all there. Oh, he's all there, George. There's just something wrong with what's there. Well, Liz, here we are together in a booth again. Only this time at the candy booth. Yes. Fate certainly does work in wondrous ways. Yes, fate certainly does. Of course, your little talk with Mrs. Medwick helped some. Oh, how'd you know? I went over to ask for the same thing, and you'd just left. You were going to ask to come over here with me? Yes. I love you, George. Wherever you go, I want to go, too. You know, Liz, there's not too much difference between this candy booth and the kissing booth. No. I guess it's all in the way you use it. George? Liz? Hey, George! Liz! What's the matter with you guys? This is the kissing booth over here. George. Yes, Liz. Are you asleep, Tutti Fruity? Tutti Fruity? When did you give me that name? Just now. Don't you think it's cute? Beautiful. <laughs> I'll have my business cards reprinted tomorrow. Tutti Fruity Cougat, the sweetest banker in town. <laughs> I'm glad you like my little pet names, George. Tutti Fruity. What do you want, Turnip Blossom? <laughs> do you love me more than anything else in the whole world? Yes, darling. I love you more than anything else in the whole world. If I were in the path of an oncoming truck, would you dash out and save me? How big a truck? <laughs> George. I'd save you, honey. George. Shh. George is asleep. What? I'm his friend, Tutti Fruity. Oh. <laughs> Did you see the devil's food cake I made this morning? Yeah, I saw it, Liz. What'd you what? think of it? It looked like the devil. <laughs> oh, I meant to tell you something. Remember tonight at the bazaar when you came back to the kissing booth and saw five dollars in the drawer? I'd rather not discuss it. I didn't kiss anybody. That was my money. Good night. Good night.
favorite husband, has been presented through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. I hope you enjoyed those two episodes from My Favorite Husband here on the Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. If you'd like to make a suggestion for a future episode of this podcast, or just leave a comment, please visit us at anchor.fm slash Podcast and leave me a message. Well, that's it for today. Tune in next time for another great classic comedy radio show right here on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Yay!